internet, nothing is true, everything is permitted. My name is Matthew Kroll. I'm hungry. What? I mean, I'm not Shahir. You're not Shahir, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, VFX editor from Sicalia Productions, Red is back in the studio. He's filling Shahir's boots, his big old New Zealand boots. Yes, and his big old New Zealand head with his big old New Zealand earphones. For a film uh, that was a doozy. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only podcast about Assassin's Creed. Yay. <laughs> oh, dear. You know what? Why don't we just start this one off correctly? And uh, okay. I've, I've prematurely opened mine. Yeah, no, that's fine. You needed it. that tough. Um, wow. Red. Well, thank you so much for, for being here. Shahir uh, got off light. Yeah, because this movie may have killed Shahir if he watched it. Yeah, sorry. I was chugging a beer. Uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are in for a doozy of a conversation. Uh, I hope you saw this so we could talk about it. Um, or maybe you can use this as a cautionary tale. I don't, I don't know. Yes. Are we, are we burying our lead? Well, I don't. Okay. (laughs) What was the conversation as we're walking out of the theater? Sure. There was a, there was a, there was a man and a oh, woman. Oh yes, a couple, out. a yes. couple at the theater. Yeah, which is weird, but whatever. You know, it's just, to each is, their own. It's twenty seventeen. Yeah, nothing is off limits. Yeah, it, every orifice is in play, as Andy Stuckey would say. <laughs> it's true. And he said to, to her, um, "Did you like it?" And she said, "No, not really." <laughs> and then he said, "Well, what did you like about it?" Silence. Aww. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I but um, wow, wow, Shahir, buddy, uh, you should be buying these beers. Anyway, uh, if you want to get a hold of us to talk about films, possibly films that hurt you in a bad way, uh, you can always get a hold of us at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com, onlymoviepod on Twitter, or go to our lovely website, onlymoviepodcast.com, and send us a message on there. You can also check us out on iTunes, Facebook, all that jazz. Leave us reviews. It will be wonderful for everyone, mostly us. Yeah, and you, you converse with people, right? They, they No, actually, things. yeah, we've been having, um, and, and again, Shahir is normally the keeper of the email. However, yeah, um, yeah no, we've been getting a lot of great emails in, a lot of yeah. discussion Lo and behold, on our Rogue One review, um, and a lot of discussion on La La Land as well, uh, which which I've been very happy to have uh, with a bunch of people, and uh, yeah, it's been going, it's been going good. We really like hearing from you guys, uh, and it, and it really helps either if it's you know an iTunes review or or just a correspondence or hell, you want us to do a movie, you want us to not do Assassin's Creed, we I could have done that, but no, because Red, if you remember, transition, uh without a 360 uh, swooping shot of an eagle. Um, the the reason why this film was on the docket is not because I am a lover of video games. Uh, it is actually because due to the fact I am a lover of video games, we did a panel at PAX on video game movies called Getting Good at Making Video Game Movies, uh, where we touched on a lot of different video game cinema and why it's been bad and, you know, wh- how we can fix it. Um... And actually, fun fact, we're actually doing it again. If you're going to be in the That's D.C. Correct. area, I haven't really been promoting this, but we're going to be at MAGFest in D.C. on, I believe, the 6th at noon in the uh, Mage 2 Theater. So if you are there, me, Red Shahir, and special guest uh, James Portnow uh, of Extra Credits fame will also be there. And uh, we'd love to see you. Uh, we're going to record it. I'm not sure if we're going to post it. 
uh, because it's going to be similar to the last panel. It'll be like a ghost episode. Yeah, but with a big old dollop of Assassin's Creed because that felt like the the missing piece of the puzzle where there was actually, I don't know about you, Red, but going into this, I had, well, before I, I, before I saw it, it read the reviews, I had if, hopes. If you recall at the PAX panel, okay, yes. I'm on recorded audio saying, I believe it could be a very good movie. Right. I said that. I, 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 yes, I was there. And I can't pull that from the internet. So it's true. Yeah, that lives forever now. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, no, man. no, but you were, no, because because it had it had the right pedigree, right? Because, okay, Michael Fassbender's attached. Love the dude. Yeah. Uh, also, so uh, he produced it, which I was super psyched for because I like the dude. Uh, director, uh, Justin Kurtzel. Now, yeah, and they they uh, they did uh, work together on Macbeth. Uh, that's right. how this whole thing got started. Yep, yep, yep. And also, remember, Fassbender went on record saying he was really excited to do, like, a fantasy thing, but sci-fi. Right, like he, he was all excited both. about the science. He wanted both, and, and maybe that's why they mentioned science three hundred times in the script. Well, only the um, no, well, I mean, only, only one person in the movie, uh, Sophia, mentioned science. Well, yeah, but she says it over and over. Played by the lovely Marion Cotillard. Yes, did I, say that right? I think that's as right as let's I'm go with it. Get. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Shakir, did we do that right? Oh, it doesn't matter. You're not here. We can mispronounce everyone's name. Um, no. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, we had, and, and you know, it's funny. Jeremy Irons also is in this movie as, uh, Dr. Riken, yes. uh, as, uh, Sophia's, uh, father at yes. the, at the, um, Abstergo. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? And it's been so long since I've played the video games. Um, which is probably a good thing. And it gives you some distance between, of course, actually seeing the movie and the reality that they built yeah. and the video games, which you probably actually enjoyed. Right. No. Also, yeah. Let's let's talk about that for a second. Because normally we go into the, like history of the film. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about your history specifically before we before we get to mine. Because this movie is all about diving into the history of your ancestors through their goddamn uh, DNA. You know, I loved the games in the sense that conceptually, I loved the games. I always thought the idea of like mitochondrial memory is like really super cool. Like, oh my goodness, my genes, my cells. What carry- up, Parasite Eve? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, need I say more? Yeah. Anyhow, they take this concept, they really flesh it out over how many games? It feels like a billion, but it's probably- So they've had probably almost 10 to 15 Assassin's Creed games this time, and and yeah. Right, with like three major chapter entries, or maybe four major chapter entries, where we're following different different, uh, bloodlines or or genetic lines. Right, and I believe- uh, it wasn't Unity. Uh, uh, Syndicate. Syndicate. Syndicate's okay. the most recent Syndicate. one. Syndicate. Yes. Uh, but I. I mean, I fuck. I fell off around probably at the end of the Ezio story. At the end of Assassin's Creed. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to look it I up. Did Black Flag? Oh, I did Black Flag, but that never didn't really feel. I felt like more like a pirate simulator. Uh, <laughs> well, no, but it was showing a diversity in the game. Revelations. I finished Assassin's Creed Revelations. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And and I like the idea of the. Um, of the animus, as you know, I love I love the word animus. Yes. Yeah, so okay, yeah, let me let's let's break down sort of um, I guess what what because we're gonna say a lot of words in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's break down what exactly uh, is going on in the Assassin's Creed universe. Basically, a company called Abstergo, uh, which has changed a couple times in the game. I think there might be a new company or an old company. I don't even remember. Has built a machine called the uh, the animus right. that can uh, basically in the game you lie down on a, on a table and it sort of mind fucks you into you, your past relatives' lives to relive them and record and gather information. Yeah. Um, 
all the while trying to, uh, you know, they're, they're actually Templars. Or there's Templars and Assassins, and Templars That's are the bad. That's the other bad, great part yeah. of this game, yeah. is that you have so much to unpack in this game. You have this huge conspiracy theory that's set up very clearly in the very first game, where... There is a certain faction of long-running, evil, big, superpower bad guys that want to control the world. Templars. Templars. Let's forget about the fact that they were all killed. They all stayed alive somehow, right? And then you have these assassins who are pretty much the scrappy underdog who believes in, like, super freedom. Sure. They're like super freedom fighters. Yeah. Right? And Nothing is real. <laughs> no, everything, is per- everything is permitted. That wouldn't work on a right? large scale. No, that's anarchy, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so scrappy. Yep. Uh, young punk rockers, sure. Um, uh, uh, high on hash, mm-hmm. ha- hashishins, mm-hmm. right? Are attacking uh, for the free- man for freedom. Yeah, they're just always stopping singing the, man. the song of angry men. And, and then there's the, there's like Adam and Eve running around a wall or something at some. Point. Yeah. So this is this is the, the one of the main issues I have with turning this into a film and not doing it in a certain way is as we've just described a bunch of garbage that you may or may not be familiar with. It's really fucking complex. But in a game but structure, it, it, yes. it works because you're picking up bits and pieces as you go along, almost like solving the puzzle. I mean, across nearly 10, 10 major titles. So we're talking and, about and like 400 five or six. Hours of content. Yeah, like th- this is 400 hours of content. Now, the movie doesn't touch on all of it, but easily it's covering the stuff a lot of through the Ezio. And this is trilogy. where I turn into boring Shahir. But it's the movie's responsibility. To choose what it what it values as important to the story and present it to us in the film medium so that we understand what's going on. Sure, of course, yes. No, I mean I agree with that. A hundred percent boring Shahir stand in. Okay. Um. No. <laughs> no I hate fun. If he, yeah, there we go. Uh. No. I. If he was here right now, he'd say both of those things, and I would agree with the fact that he that he's right on both of those counts. Uh. Look. The. You, well, as we go through, we'll talk about this a little more, but like this movie felt like it was just rushing through its entirety to make sure that it at least said the words of the story enough on the screen. So, you know, that someone did tell it to you like it didn't, it never sometimes quite literally, yeah. they actually wrote the words on the screen at the very oh, yeah. beginning. You know, it's going to be a great film. Uh, careful. That's a you, you, like you're walking to Star Wars. I know, but there. but this is the thing. It's it's very interesting when a film opens with a preamble of text. Okay, and I'm not talking yellow, slightly slanted text going back into a star field. That's proven to be fine. I'm talking about when your movie is so all over the place that you need fuck like two paragraphs, three paragraphs of setup before we get there. Before we even start. Before I'm not, frame one. I'm not saying your movie is bad. I'm saying you are now starting from a losing position. Yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult. And a lot of a lot of films actually saw, um, uh, suffer from this problem. In fact, I've worked on films that have had difficulty on this too, like period pieces where you have to establish what the social and economic tensions happen to be at the time. But this time we're talking about, you know, uh, sorry, mom, a, a fucking golden ball. Right, that that's for some the reason, apple of Eden. Yes, right, apple of yeah, sure. Go yeah, ahead. let's go with okay. that. A, a golden ball that contains the and this is explained at the very beginning the genetic code of free will. So, follow us here. These are the rules we have to follow. Right. So there it is, and the Templars want the ball so they can somehow deprogram us of free will. Right. And the assassins want to like, stop them. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Now, uh-uh. re- now remember, uh, uh, the the director here was on record as saying that he didn't want to paint one side or the other side as good or bad, as both sides had kind of like 
weird worldviews. But when you put that card up at the front, you're kind of already saying who's a good guy and who's a bad guy. And also, when one group basically imprisons thought to be dead people and forces them into a machine to extract their ancestors' memories through very painful and violent DNA gymnastics on a back of a fucking robot arm. I mean, someone's not in the right. Yeah, future Guantanamo. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yay. Now he can learn everything. Okay, so, guys, uh, I guess, I mean... Initial thoughts on the film. That's sort of our, our history in the yeah. background of Assassin's Creed and how fucking complicated it is. It's a really complicated, but I'm a fan of the video game franchise. As am I, even though I have fallen off due to better properties being sort of throughout the year. But the last one I really played was Black Flag. Black Flag number four, which is where you were a pirate. And it changed it. It changed it a little bit in that game to be about, um, it was almost like a game company that was extracting was. memories. You were pretty much in, uh, uh, you were in, uh, uh, Ubisoft Montreal, which I thought was kind of like funny, yeah. tongue in cheek. Yeah. And uh, I right like to think board. that's how video games are made. <laughs> so, um, but this film itself, uh, let's talk a little bit about the technical aspects of it before we sort of break down what, uh, what happened. Well, you know, honestly, there's a lot of interesting technical things that go on that, that I enjoyed. Same. Yeah. What did you, what did you like? I feel like we're going to be shitting on this a lot. So let's, let's talk yeah. about some positive so stuff. Let, let me, let me talk about something. I'm not, I know some of those things that you, and so I'm not going to mention that. I'm going to mention other things that, that, you know, came to mind immediately. I was continually thinking over and over, wow, what a great sound mix this is. The mix was nice. There's a lot of attempts at storytelling through per, sound perspective which you don't see a lot of the time. It was almost like, uh, and there was a lot of um, overlap and layover, like almost kind of like mini Altman. Right. Which was, which was really fun to hear, especially in a movie that, uh, you know, could be as derivative and like, oh, these are the sounds of, you know, what a knife plunging through a neck sounds like. Squish, yeah, squish, yeah. squish. But there was a lot of dense, uh, like a lot of density to the sound. And then they opened it up, a lot of distance, a lot of closeness. And the music always felt like uh, it was never, it was weaving in and The out. music weaved in and out. There were a couple times that I felt like it overpowered the moment or the, it hung a little too long and the, like focused on the music. The but. opening music video. Yeah, I yeah. think it really killed, like made me immediately suspicious. And that's probably why I paid more attention to it. So I don't know. Touche. Here's the thing. It was an interesting score. And uh, I, I don't know how, I don't, I, I found myself listening to it. I feel like the movie wanted, this is, this is what I'll say about it. The movie wanted you to listen to that score. It definitely did. Um, And whether you liked it or not, it, it made that score sort of front and center. And that's something that, uh, in, in a lot of video game movies in particular is not uh, something that uh, is normally seen or felt. Which is a missed aspect because in video games, music is often used to set uh, emotional tone or, sure. or crank up the tension. So why not do it in in, uh, in film? I'm sure we'll be talking about this more at our at our MAGFest panel. Sure. But um, yeah, and then also, so from a technical aspect, I was saying to you on the, on the walk home from the theater uh, that... <clears throat> I'm so torn on the look of this movie. Uh, I agree with you. Because it, okay, uh, how could I explain the feeling of this? It looks cool. Mm -hmm. The look of it, what, the, what, what is filling the frame, the, the objects and the action and the characters and the set pieces. What they saw at Video Village while they were filming it. Yes. Yeah. Or, Thank or you. what they pre -vised. Looked yeah. cool. Yeah. But the color grading is the some of the worst color grading I have ever seen 
in a professionally made major motion picture. Now, and, and so so I'm not to say that I haven't seen bad color grading before, but I've never seen it with such, I guess I'll say such skill in the composition aspect of it, mm-hmm. but such negligence in the color grading. Well, if I could speculate, you're seeing essentially you know, the colorist is now becoming more and more important in the post-production process. And it used to be just a director of photography with, uh, with a color timer, uh, you doing, you know, a point of red, a point of, a point of right. yellow, but now it's, you have so much control over these things that you can kind of get a little artistic crazy. Sure. No, I can totally see that, but n- someone should have stopped them. Well, you know, this is, somebody thought it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the video games were too clean for them. They needed to dirty it up or something. Maybe that was their concept of what, you know, this uh, 1492-1490s uh, Spain, Andalusian Spain looked like. And Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Hey, could we just make it look like everything's covered in a, in a sort of dry, dusty mud? It's like, oh, yeah, you mean the the locations and the characters because it's olden times and whatnot? No, 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 no. If you're going to throw that on the lens, that way we don't have to put it on everything. Because everything will just be shot through it. And that that's what it felt like in a lot of ways. So, it, like, I feel like... It obscured so much of the really great digital mats that they had going on. Yeah. The sets that they had were fantastic. When they went to the Alhambra, the, in my opinion, it felt underused as a location. But maybe it's because, you know, we've seen it now enough on Game of Thrones that people would be like, oh, that's wherever the those crazy snake viper women are from. Right. Uh, but <laughs> Dorn. Dorn. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't trust Dornese no. women ever again. I mean, not, not, not after the stories you've told me. No. Um, so yeah, like there was, I, I, I was looking at it and I wanted to like the look of it, but it just felt like hot vomit was just smeared all over the entirety of, of the screen for most of the time. And it was uneven hot vomit. I'll say like, it was like, it was so like, the, there's a scene and we'll talk about it in the beginning. There's a chase scene in the, in the first time that our main character, uh, what was his name? I'm going to look that up real quick. His name Aguilar? was Cal. Oh, Cal. Cal Lynch. Or Cal a- as Aguilar? Aguilar, yes. Okay. So when Aguilar is uh, freeing a prince uh, from a uh, land or whatever, doesn't fucking matter. Um, the, the, they're on, like, they, they're, he's about to, you know, kill the boy or try to, they're making a speech and they steal the boy back and they get onto a carriage and ride away. Now, between getting the boy and the carriage, the color grading snaps, like, two different fucking tones. Yes. And... I was just like, whoa, like they're both equally bad. It definitely took me out of the picture as well. But like it knocked me back out of this is what I'll say. The color grading and the and the the freewheelingness of of the artistic fucking, you know, psychedelic whatever the fuck person that was in charge of it took me out of the film so much more. It took me out of the film more than the three screaming children that were in the theater while we watched it. Yes. And that's saying something. Uh, okay. In, in fairness, we were also watching off of a Sony 4K projector, which is notorious in cinemas around the biz as something that allows for gratuitous color shifts that are way out of whack and should never be seen. That so do you think said, that was a problem with the projection? No, it's definitely not. <laughs> because the trailers look fine. Actually, even practically exquisite, you know, and, and n- normally I don't say that about trailers. Sure. Yeah, but there you go. That's it. <sighs> what else do we like? Sorry, we went on to stuff we didn't like. Uh, I like Michael I Fassbender. I like I like his I like his eyes. Yeah, he's got such dreamy. You were eyes. telling me about it, he wore contacts. He wore contacts when he was uh, Cal. He had his normal dreamy blue greeny eyes, Those sweet sweet Magneto eyes. And, and then when he was uh, when he was uh, Aguilar, 
uh, he wore brown contacts. Like a goddamn champion. Yeah, like you know those deep, soulful browns. <laughs> so. He put them on right with his face tattoos. Um, and who says you can't get a job with face tattoos? <laughs> right? Am That's I right? bullshit. Uh, what, el- what else did I like about it? I liked... Um, the art direction was cool. I thought I would hate the Artemis arm, so they changed it from like a nice happy table from the video games into this like parkour oh, yeah, arm yeah, that like- grabs you and lets him sort of reenact all the stuff. I really liked the honestly, the art direction of the of the the computer generated elements. I thought that like every oh, screen I've seen the smoke. Well, yeah, the you saw the smoke, yeah. like there were lights going, and so like it projected like what his thing was so other people could see it and what his memories were. And it also even like small touches like um how they dealt with genomes and time and things across monitors while they were like watching the vitals of people in yeah. this machine looked real fucking cool. Yeah, they solved a lot of problems with the with that with the animus setup. Yeah, I, I like the idea of virtual reality, but obviously that's going to be pretty boring and indistinguishable for an audience. Yeah, so you had to do something. This arm idea is cool, and and it's directed in a way that you realize that. You know, if you stop and think about it for a while, you're like, well, he, if he's just jumping around in this empty room, at some point he's going to run too far beyond the arm. Yeah. But never at any point while I'm watching it is that a concern. So, you know, they, that was, definite credit has to be given yeah. for uh, uh, solving that problem. And even creative editing solving that problem yeah. between watching the historical thing that he's experiencing and then watching him jump around the it room. It reminded me about another thing that I really liked. Okay. Okay. And honestly, I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke up anybody's behind here when I say this. I uh, I really like the chase uh, editing. I never felt lost. A lot of modern editing during the chase sequences. I feel like I don't know where I am. I understood the geography. I understood what was going on. And there were cues to, in art direction, the games themselves with the uh, pigeon shit uh, stained uh, cliffs. Sure. You know. But the jumps, the angles, they all felt familiar from translating from both the game and, and, uh, and film all at the same time. I, I didn't feel like uh, there was any missteps there. I'm going to disagree. And I, maybe it was more with the fight scenes, but uh, specifically the act two moment where they're running across the rooftops a bunch. I got lost as to who was fucking who because everyone was wearing dark. Okay. Hoods. Well, this, this is 1492 Spain. I mean, STDs are running rampant. Sure. It's pretty scientifically conclusive. Everybody's fucking everybody. That, that's fine. I still got lost. Okay. Just- I still got lost as to, cause there was a couple times I thought like his like assassin friend, uh, fell and then she was automatically editing. up and that running. Was, that was, that was editing and costume mistake. If you ask me, it was a costumes. Mistake. Yeah. That was, um, the character was, uh, Ellen Kane played by Charlotte Rampling or my future second wife. Okay. There you go. You're starting your harem. That's yeah. nice. Uh, also uh shout out something, you know, I like, I fucking liked, uh, Michael Kenneth Williams as, uh, Musa. Uh, which was fucking, he's amazing as per usual. And it was funny. Everyone like in the theater sort of lit up whatever he did a move. He was another patient in the, um, Abstergo, uh, facility that eventually, well, shit goes down. Yeah. Um, what else? Is there anything else I liked about it? Um, yeah, a lot of us talked about the costume design. I gotta be honest with you. I'm kind of like me about the costume. It was fine. Yeah, it was like oh, it okay, was great. serviceable and it was time period. Uh, let me no, let me put it no, this way. It felt time period. It felt time period accurate. I don't know if it was. That's this is the question I have. And please write us in onlymoviepodcast at gmail If you've seen Assassin's Creed and you know the historical accuracies or inaccuracies. I'm super interested to see because like if they actually like tried to be accurate. We're talking about historical figures here. I know, but th- this is my point. 
Like this feels like the movie, and I'm going to say it in a mean way, but it's actually kind of a compliment that's so up its own ass that it would like focus more on like trying to look historically and like have historically accurate costumes than actually worry about its plot. That is like the king of left-handed like, compliments. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the type of movie it felt like. Um, God, and Red, I just want to finish up this before we get into spoilers and say I wanted this movie to be good. So did I. I was um, rooting for it. And I was rooting for it while I was still in the theater. While I was watching it pass before my eyes and whip past my ears, I, I was still, I was like, okay, you know what? The next act, this is going to turn around. And then we get to act three, and I'm like, you know what? This can really be And then solved. you're like, oh, wait, there's a fourth act? Yeah. This is weird. This is a weird structure <laughs> this movie's got movie. going. Yeah, um, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, it totally followed the, oh, we don't give a fuck about structure bond themology. <laughs> or the, we, we forgot about structure halfway through. Oh, God. Okay. Right. So. <clears throat> so we, I don't know. There, there are positive things about the film. Yeah. You know what? And I will say this before we move on into spoilers and just fucking spread this haterade all over the damn place. Uh. If you have disposable income, like it might be worth checking out for the goodness of it. I have 15 bucks a ticket. I, I No, 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 not in the city. I'm talking like I went to go see some movies back when I was home in New Hampshire for the holidays. Okay. Uh you can get a fucking matinee for like $5 okay, or some at shit. Okay. $5. I would I would draw my line at like 750. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, because there's interesting things to be had in conversations, especially especially if you liked the games. If you like the games, I'm not saying it'll make the movie better, but you'll be more engaged. This is the difference. I remember Warcraft. I feel like Warcraft was very um, polarizing with people who played World of Warcraft or played Warcraft uh, in general because you either were on board with it or you weren't. Yeah, there was a lot of that. Uh, With this movie, I feel like having played the games will only help you like it as opposed to make you dislike it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In a strange, in yeah. a strange way. No, because to its credit, it doesn't try to be any one of the games. No, it's trying to tell an original story. Well, a half original story. Yeah. Or, or a story that has been told to us through a different character in a different time period. Yeah. Which that's all spoiler material for me. So I can't say. Okay. Any of here that. we go. We are go- now going to spoil Assassin's okay, Creed. Everybody put your spoiler earmuffs on. If you or take them off, want to see it, just take them off. Or slow. if you've been fast forwarding, stop, take stop. them off. This is it. This and is the time. shoot your wrist blades uh, into <sighs> your ears or, or a little like a uh, chest top, top of the chest and just hold that. Oh, right. That's so that happens a lot. Oh, yeah. spoiler. Okay. So movie opens up. Ta-da. 14. Ta-da. Yeah. 1492 Spain. Yeah. Yeah. They say it right out loud. I'm like, all right, we're going to be sailing across the Atlantic blue, persecuting some Jews and knocking, knocking the, uh, the, uh, caliphate out of Spain. You, you know it just fucking partying down, mm-hmm. fucking cracking beers. Yeah. Good times. Good bros. Yeah. Good babes. Yeah. A really good time for like, <laughs> like if you were, yeah, none of those things, none. Was it me, or as soon as you saw 1492, you immediately started looking for a cart of hay? Columbus sailed the ocean blue. No, I kept thinking, whenever someone says 1492 because I was indoctrinated as a child, I literally just think of the stupid Columbus poem. I want to come back to Columbus at the end of this. Great, because because they do. Um, So we meet uh, Aguilar uh, getting initiated into the Assassin's Order. And they're doing it the old school way, too. The the proper way. Like, okay, I don't know about Assassin's Let's make Assassin's great again, Red. Talk about it. But, like, back when I was indoctrinated in the Creed, okay? Sure. 
they used to cut off the ring finger. I'm looking at it right now. Not, it's disturbing. No, <laughs> it's still it's enough to hold a ring. Yeah, yeah, just, um, it's a nub. It's a nub. Um, not none of this newfangled. Oh, we changed the wrist knife so you don't have to cut off your finger any anymore. Nonsense. No. He's hardcore, and you can tell he's OG assassin just from that moment. And that that moment, by the way, when they're doing that, when they're when they're doing the the, the finger cut, the finger removal. I don't want to say finger cut because that could be that could trigger some people. Yeah. Um, when they're doing the finger removal, the woman next to me, I know she, <laughs> she practically jumped out of the chair. So funny! It wasn't like a graphic scene of the finger getting cut the off. The thing is, the sound was good on. Yeah, it was a crunch and a squish. It was a crunch squish. Yep. The thing of it is, is that probably got the biggest reaction. For the rest of the movie. I know. I know. <laughs> other than, I will say, other than uh, Michael Kenneth Williams, uh, oh, whenever yeah, no, he no, fought, no. everyone fought. Because no, he mean, was, he felt, you know, he felt faster than everybody else. Because he is faster than everybody Well, there else. we go. Uh, Omar coming. Uh, so. <laughs> Just start whistling. Yeah. So they cut off uh, Michael Fassbender's uh, ring finger, which is mm-hmm. from the games. It's so the wrist blade that they use, and if you've seen them, they they uh, I have one. I do too. Yeah. Uh, they that's how they shoot the the blade out uh, between their fingers, and it's all you know whatever. So they don't cut themselves. Yeah. Um, it makes sense. Look, I'm not saying that not only do I have an Altair from Assassin's Creed One full costume with retractable real metal wrist blade, or that I uh, performed a medieval themed wedding in said garb. He did. Uh, or uh, that that wedding sadly ended in divorce. But uh, th- I'm just saying that I respect the authenticity of cutting off the ring now, finger. But it shows an appreciation for the game. Yes. Right? It shows immediately. This is a signifier to us, the game-loving audience. Guess what's going on? We did our research, huh? Yeah. And it says to everybody else, um, crunch squish. Yeah. There we okay. go. So then we meet, uh, we flash forward to 1986. 1986, okay? And this is- The free in 80s. I'm so excited because the moment I see our main character, Cal, yep. right? As a boy. As a boy. Jumping his bike. Yeah. Um, that was a great, great, uh, on a BMX Baja and he's in Baja. Yeah. Huh? I mean, it was pretty on I the I mean, nose. that was like, that was awesome. Uh, by the way, I loved the BMX Bajas when I was a kid. Okay. But- but we 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 was too poor to when, have one. when you when you were a kid. What did you like more, BMX Bajas or Assassin's Blades? Okay, so here's the thing. All right, this is what got me excited. I loved BMX uh, uh, Bajas as a kid. Sure. So did Cal. Mm-hmm. Cal is now entering his midlife. Right. So am I. Okay, so you were invested. I'm invested okay. because this is the ultimate white. Movie theater um, male experience. No, it's set not. up at, at this moment. This is it. This is this is gonna be like I'm I'm, I'm married. Uh, I got a job, but he he he's he's jumping stuff like I did as a kid. Flash forward 2016, we must be the same age. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. So All you gotta do is stop killing people. Yeah, yeah, or 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 not only if they're pimps. I'll get back to that. Yeah. So, uh, Cal is trying to jump his bike and he fails. This is showing him he's a little bit of a bitty daredevil. He's probably like, what, 13? Well, that's the thing. I'm trying to work out his age. How old is he? I, maybe 10. Sure. Let's go with okay. that. Yeah. He rides home and he then comes across his- He cursed. Yeah. He yeah. cursed like, like a rebellious 1986 yeah. youth would to himself. <laughs> Not my mother, Todd. Uh, no, that's a different movie. So- he gets home and he sees uh, his mom has been murdered. Well, 
He sees his mom has been murdered. And I want to say for the record that this scene is set up so that if you have never seen another film in your entire life, you will be shocked at the revelations to come in the next hour and a half. But right now, (laughs) his mother was murdered. And she was holding something. She was murdered while holding holding a necklace, a necklace. And and just so we know it's a necklace, we'll hang on to it yep. for like seven seconds. And then the camera pans right. Bam. And there's daddy. Who's a ginger? Yeah. Mm. Ginger Irish assassin. <laughs> Hello, nurse. You cannot can trust them. No, you can. You, you can trust them. He's a dishonest man. You can always trust to be dishonest. Honestly. Um <laughs> It looks like dad killed mom. It definitely looks like dad killed mom. And he freaks out and he tells his son to run away. So his son runs away as big black cars pull up to the property. Like, yeah, seriously, like, like big SUV. And they all come in with guns and they pull out dad and he's running. And then you see little Cal running across the roof. Hold on to somebody in one of those SUVs. Could it be Jeremy Irons? Could it be? I believe it was. Actually, it's completely not clear when you see it. Nope. And in fact, I, I can't wait for the Blu-ray just so I can stop and pause and see how you cannot figure out who the hell this is. I can't wait for the Blu-ray to complete my coaster set. Yeah. Uh, so the the uh, dad, uh, we you know think this movie is much more fun. We think he dies and Cal gets away. Meanwhile, and what do I mean? Meanwhile, cut to 30 years later, asshole. 2016. Turns out Cal did not grow up as an adjusted well adult after seeing his mother killed by his father. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know why. He's got a hang up. Yep. And he killed a pimp. He killed a pimp, And guys. to be honest, it's a pimp. I mean, do we care? I mean, it depends. Was the pimp good at his job? Let me ask you a question. If Cal was a serial killer yep. who killed non-pimps, sure. would we still empathize with him as an audience? Uh, or is it just okay to kill pimps? Look, movies are here to teach us. Yeah. I'm going to kill me a pimp. Okay, I guess. Anyway, he's on death row, and there. I, I honestly thought that the um, the scene with him getting lethally injected mm-hmm. uh, was actually probably one of the more powerful scenes in the movie I because gotta, cause Michael Fassbender was acting like a human. I gotta. I I I have to totally agree with you on yeah. this. This actually showed how awful, or at least for me, how awful it must be to be the person receiving the lethal injection because you saw the first pump go and then you see and you like you see I wonder if it's that like roboticy like there's a whole bunch of like pumps and levers that go and like I hope I never find out. Yeah. Also, who was sitting in the audience? Everybody was. Yeah, but but who from the movie now was sitting in the audience watching the execution? Like they stopped Oh, and Sophia was there. And, uh-huh. And then uh, the just, bodyguard of Sophia is, was everyone who worked at Abstergo was there for the. But we don't know them yet. No, okay. we've never met them, and we only hang on them for like I'd like, say ninety six frames tops. Sure, okay. There's a lot of quick cutting, yeah, and a lot of this shit just to show you nonsense. So then he gets knocked out, and then we see a whole weird flashbacky, not even flashbacky. What is it like a like a uh, memory montage? Memory montage. Oh my god. Okay, so. For all of you emerging artists out there that want to establish a garage band memory montage, there you go. Oh, that's going to be their garage band name? Hell yeah. I, I guess. But that's more like a deadhead sort of like, doesn't that feel like like maybe 70s-ish? Really? Okay. Memory. We are what memory do I know? montage. What do I know? I, all I know is that I loved BMX Bajas as a kid. And Assassin's Blades. And, and Cal is now my age. 
Okay, so we've we've established that red is Michael Fassbender. That's where we're getting here. Let's just fucking call a spade a spade. Thank you. Uh, okay, you're welcome. So red then wakes up uh, <laughs> at um, Abstergo, which is a company that is mining basically, I guess, career killers, uh, memories. Okay, so let me no, let me see if I can break this down. Let me see if I can break this down. Abstergo is a company that is taking inmates who have killed somebody, whether it's violent or otherwise, um, and and been taking them, strapping them into the uh, the uh, animus to extract their DNA to help them because they they all go back to these sort of league of assassins uh, to help them get uh, knowledge about where the Apple of Eden is. And the Apple of Eden is what so- uh, Sophia says in the movie. She wants, she says violence is a disease and she wants to cure it. And if she knows the, the, the genetic code, the DNA of violence, she can make violence stop serum, which is a noble, if not batshit fucking crazy thing to do. But Marion Cotard, uh, totally sells it for me. She believes Does it. she, she believes what she's saying. Sure. Michael Fassbender's cow does not. No. So I uh, let's talk about the acting in this for a little bit because everyone was super serial, like serious, but serial. Um, And I don't know. I'm hungry. Yeah. I don't know if that serviced this franchise. Everyone was acting right. As if this was all the most important shit in the world. I don't acting, know. On different levels well. of convincing. They were acting well. I, I felt like I was convinced by, let's call our main players. But now. even we said that we really enjoyed, the only moments we really enjoyed of the acting was when they sort of felt like they went a little off script and got kind of silly. And I don't know if that's because those moments were legitimately likable or because everything else felt so dry and somber I, that when those moments hit, you're like, whoa. Everything felt really dry. Yeah. Is, is, is I... It's not that they weren't, um, I don't think they weren't doing their job. I think there was very little substance to push on there. I, I think what they did is they were scared that their science would would scare us, the audience. So they didn't talk science. Except saying the word science. Except saying the word Sophia science. Sophia kept saying the word that she's a scientist, she's a scientist, Matt, she's a scientist. Matt, it's because science. Okay, I got it. Okay, there you And go. I'm a fan of science, but I'm a fan of actual science that That's is discussed, look, look, not just look, saying look, look, the look, word I science. I don't want to upset you or anything. I know a lot about science, okay? All right? And what the what the press has been saying, it's not always what science is. I know science. Okay. Okay? All right. So when I say science, when they say science, it's science. I mean, I trust you. Okay, thank and you. And I really like your hat. Thank um you. <laughs> so so uh, Fastbender wakes up and Cal wakes up and Red wakes up. <laughs> Keep getting all the names mixed up. And uh, there's basically an info dump from Sophia about where he is, why he's there, blah, 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 And this blah. is where I genuinely get pissed off for a moment. What, when they're strapping she, him in and giving him the info dump? She implies that violence is genetic. Sure. She just says it. Like, there are people, probably this woman who's watching, who watched the movie with me and jumped at the, at the Crunch Squish, mm-hmm. are going to walk away and be like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that violence is genetic. Like, this is a dangerous idea just to be, like, floating out there as the premise for your film. I mean, have they proven that violence isn't genetic? But to say it is genetic is not the same to say it's not genetic. It also, to be fair, and I agree with you. It's just, it's just I know, but like, to oh, be fair, geez, before the movie rolled, the name of the company Ubisoft came on the screen. I know, and I know that they're that I know it's fiction, but they're also basing it, you know, science. I just said the word again. 
shit. I okay, so, <laughs> so strap him into the Artemis, Fine. and he has his first experience of uh, reliving his ancestor Ag uh, Aguilar life, and, and that looked really cool. Uh, it, well, the, the color than the color grading, it looked cool. He yeah. basically had to go rescue with a group of assassins a prince of a. Uh, in 1492, a sultan. Sorry, well, no, he's a prince to a sultan. He's a prince to a sultan. Um, a boy. Uh, that the Templars were trying to extort to get the apple of Eden from the sultan. Right, politically motivated. motivated yeah, yeah, by, yeah. You know. So he, they get away. They're running on a cart, uh, and then like a you know cool Which is action a, is scene. It, is it's it fine. also a nod to Here's, the first game? But so when you have these big action movies, okay. I have a problem. Is this a big action movie? Because I felt this was like it wanted to be a big action movie, but I felt there like were, it felt sparse. There were three major action set pieces, which puts it into action movie category. Fair for enough. Me. Uh, and, and sprinkled in a bunch of like other smaller fights. Okay. So uh, at this point, they're they're doing whatever and they're, no one's controlling the horses of the cart that most of the assassins and the bad guys are. The, I've the seen this chase are. scene like a dozen times. I know. And the, the cart is heading towards a cliff. Because there's tons of cliffs in Granada. Just cliff, Granada, known for its cliffs. Actually, it does have high cliffs. So does like it? But like, somewhere. this is more like a huge sinkhole. Like, I don't know what, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, again, this is, I couldn't this see because the color grade was mud. That was terrible. It was like looking through muddy glass. Yeah. So they're careening towards this cliff. Now, this is what I found hilarious. Horses in general, given enough time, aren't just going to run off a cliff. Generally speaking, horses, not suicidal. Okay, so what do they do rather than, you know, let the horses uh, not not drag them off the cliff? They detach the horses, and you see an aerial shot of the horses running to safety and the cart still careening towards the cliff. And I was like, fuck you guys. And then <laughs> the cliff goes off, and, and, um, and Michael Fassbender catches the prince, and then, like, they are caught by the... Uh, Black Templar. By the they black, called him the, the Black Templar. The Black Templar. Right? Yeah. The Black Knight. They and then the he black wakes Knight. up yeah. out of the Artemis. Yeah. Because he's had enough. She yeah. pulls him out for some reason. And I don't know why, because they never really say why. It was just too much. Well, it, you know, she was trying to say, and this is where the, the, the script, and if I may uh, pretend I'm here for a moment. No, okay. do it verbally, though. Don't just pretend okay. in your no, head. You I, have to You have to actually pretend to be him. <laughs> it just felt disgusting. I couldn't do it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so if I, if I may for a moment, this is where the skip, script really begins stumbling across uh, uh, on top of itself. It's trying to explain what's sure. going on, but never finds the right words in, in the right moments to explain it. They're trying to tell us that uh, the process is is intense on him biologically. Sure. But that he needs time to ease into it. Yep. The script ends up saying something like, uh, uh, next time. And that's pretty much all we get out of it. Now go soak in this bath. Oh, you had a brain split or whatever, but don't worry, we fixed it. This time. This time. Don't know, don't know if you Ooh, can. foreshadowing. And then, like, they bring him through the whole facility, and there's a whole bunch of zombie-type people that aren't really, like, zombie-type people from going in the uh, Animus. Like, they're they're acting all stupid, and, like, like, you know, they they very, very... They, it had a lot of game iconography of them, like, standing near trees and, like, foggy rooms of the future. But, like, these people, like, all of a sudden, all these characters, like, they just sort of snapped out of it on their own. Like, so it's not really damaging them. Like, there wasn't... The, the, one of my major problems with this whole movie was in the re, in the present time timeline, and kind of I guess in the fourteen ninety two timeline, 
the stakes were never there for me because everyone just became whatever they needed to at the moment in the present. And everyone in 1492, all that shit already happened. They already said, you can't change this. Yeah. You're just going to experience it. Yeah. And don't fight it. Right. Yeah. I thought it was a pretty bold uh, idea for Abstego uh, to... Abstergo? Yeah, Abstergo to, to put all of the genetic assassins in one large yes. room. Because they would never talk or to each other. In no. Fact, in fact, uh, there's a scene where... Uh, At lunchtime? Uh, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Oh, yeah. He says, Michael Fassbender says that like nine Th- times. There's a scene where they all come over to him saying, hey, we all know what this is about. They're going to get the apple. You're going to give them the apple. They, they all seem to know the about the assassins, too, yeah. all of a sudden. Well, because they're all they're, they're all assassins, yeah. right? They're, they're all different branches of different genetic lines for different times. Mm-hmm. You know, franchise plug. Franchise plug. Yeah, talk about the franchise plugging. Yeah, franchise plug. No, tell you you brought up a couple oh, of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, um, well, I don't want to talk about two, but the one that that I just saw continually set up was a franchise that I didn't see, which was the Civil War one. Mm-hmm. There's always there's all these drawings of a Civil War assassin. Maybe in that's everybody's the next game. room. That's I I'm excited by this. Ubisoft, if you're listening, Ubisoft I, is not listening. <laughs> no, they really don't. But maybe they are. Maybe this one lone employee at Ubisoft. This is the only podcast about this movie. I mean, you know what? You, know, you make a very valid point. They definitely want to have some feedback. Some feedback. Yeah. Right? And, and it, we are that so feedback. I want to go out and, feedback. and, you know, John Wilkes Booth Lincoln. Wait, no, I just said that. No, you want to stop John. You want an alternate timeline. Stop John Wilkes Booth. Would they make that into a video game? You assassinate the assassin. Ah! And then who's the real assassin? You know, John Wilkes Booth. I guess the person who assassinated Brother, the yeah. lesser known Booth, was very important in maintaining. Oh, Gary, Gary Booth? In maintaining theater inside of New York. And essentially, it's like the father of Broadway, though Broadway didn't actually exist at the time. He died in what is now today's Players Club. That was his home. Huh. There's, that's history fact. I don't right know there. if you can see this at home, dear audio listeners, but the more you know star just flew over Red's head. It burns. Yeah. <laughs> so, um,. So and we also learn at this point, after he meets all the other different assassins, um, that due to these memories, he can also see remnants of them. And mm-hmm. it's actually training him in the way of the assassin because he's remembering his assassin ancestors memories as a company. But again, a brilliant, dumb idea. Oh, yeah. Abstergo should totally. I mean, I think they really invested their security budget well <laughs> in overweight looking security guards with shock sticks as opposed to. Well-fit uh, men and women with automatic assault rifles to guard the pen of ever-training uh, assassins. Again, I'm on board with this linear genealogy-based assassins. That every time you strap them into your goddamn memory extraction machine, they become more and more fucking e- like violent. Yeah, you can see. You know, uh, there there's two sequences where Fassbender as Cal mm-hmm. is sharpening his kung fu yep. or. or Assassin Fu? Whoa. Yeah. Uh, I knew Kung Fu. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, in front of the security guards. So, yeah. Like they're watching him yeah. do this. So, uh, uh, and, uh Sophia's father, forces her to throw uh, a cow back into the Animus. Oh, wait, no. Uh, the Artemis. Uh, the, a side note. So, also, so Cal and Sophia have, like, a weird, like, like heart to heart talk and she explains how she's doing this altruistically and she wants to like science science it science violence away science and then you notice yeah and then you know and then she talks to her father and her father just wants to take away free will now granted that'll do the same thing just one sounds super evil yeah uh even though they're both kind of evil templars 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it turns out that they're all Templars. Yeah. And so, yeah. So they strap him back in. And now it's the sequence of him escaping, being burned at the stake, even though his master gets burned at the stake. So him and his lady friend assassin end up uh, getting away. Mm -hmm. Get away. And they do the whole rooftop sequence. Okay, so here's about. your rooftop sequence yep. uh, thing. Okay. Which is important for the the the, uh, the the franchise. I believe that the confusion you suffered from was a costuming confusion. The guys pursuing them and them were all wearing black hoods. That's what I'm saying. And I get it. That's what everybody's wearing at the time. 1492 Justin Bieber walks out. He's wearing a black hood. Everybody the next day is wearing a black hood. So do you think my statement from before stands that this movie really was more obsessed under a lot of places of like weirdly like we need to be so accurate. And then because of that, maybe I don't know, but that I'm not that saying this particular moment that definitely led to confusion in the fight. sequence yeah. When you see three bodies jump, and you're like, wait, there's only two people running. Who's the third person? And then it's like two cuts later. Do yeah. you only realize when you get to see a frontal that that number three, it wasn't an editing mistake. That's actually somebody hot on their tail. Yeah. So the, the editing here, it's funny because I was blaming the editing at first, but I think you're right. It's a costuming mistake. And I think they edited it the best that they could with what they had. But like that, that's real fucking confusing. It does get it does get confusing. But did you see that? That whole Oliver Queen bounce uh, arrow arrow thing? bounce? That was nice. Loved it. There was a lot of opportunities for uh Close quarter combat, yep. uh, CQC. Yep. Um, but I just, uh, I didn't see a lot of that happening. There was a lot of opportunity for it. And then really not much of it going on. Yeah. So uh, they get away and the sequence ends with them doing the ye old fashioned leap of faith without it being name dropped yet. Uh, and, but then, you know, what? I was, I was so curious because it was a shot from the trailer where Fassbender leaps off the giant fucking uh, building, which he does every day, by the way. Yeah, I know. Also, is that is that the uh, is that the record breaking uh, uh, stuntman? Fall? Yes, that is. Yeah, they actually. So the stuntman actually jumped the record breaking like jump fall for this thing, which sucks because the way it's sort of shot, it could have been totally CG, and you we do not feel you do not feel it at all because I think through the mud film uh, grading and the and just the sort of the angles and the way the whole thing feels, the whole thing when we're in the past, and I think it had to have been a choice, feels very. Not saying CG is the wrong way to negatively say it, but it feels gamey. It feels. Well, every time we go in, we swoop in with an eagle. Every time we go in, we swoop in with a fucking eagle. That eagle in the beginning that was like flying over everything in the in over the very the beginning of the film. Video montage. Oh, my God. It must have been going like Mach 1 because it was just flying too fast over that landscape. <laughs> you know, uh, I recently worked on a film where we have also a bird flying. And it was very difficult uh, to figure out the right speed for the bird. I can appreciate. The but you guys decided to figure out the speed of the bird. Well, at the end of the day, we realized that the accurate speed of the bird doesn't look good. You went with. Yeah. But OK, so this you did one thing right. And this movie did two things wrong. Yeah. OK. Well, they made they didn't make a choice that I would have made. There we go. So um, he does the leap of faith. And I was so curious when I saw the trailer shot of this, this magnificent stunt. that was totally I mean, sadly. Uh, it just it fell flat underwhelming and it sucks because it was such a great stunt uh, I was really curious if they were gonna do the cart of hay of leaping into the cart of hay like Every you do scene, in the video game I'm looking for a cart of hay and they didn't no and there was they one cut, cart of hay they cut away uh, back to real life back to current day uh, like how we cut away to real life yeah, in the movie yeah uh, and and the camera looks at us. Uh, no, and, but I was just like, oh, that was a fucking cheap shot because they never explain how he survives these leaps of faith. Uh, I mean, could you honestly? Could you? Could you, as a filmmaker, explain? 
No, which, okay. which honestly, you know what? Maybe you know what? I'll take it back. You've you've convinced me uh, in the sense of take that to here. I convinced Matt of something. Hold on. No, no, yeah, because because yeah, you're absolutely right. They used creative editing to get around it based on the premise that their film was involved in. Yeah, and honestly, you're just not happy with the creative solution. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, which is fine, but it, but it, it it fits canonically and and not even not even canonically, just um. Um, I guess precedent-wise of the editing in the film. They yeah. do it a couple times. It's not a cheap getaway for one thing. Like That's how the film is cut. Yeah. Only one person hits a hits a uh, cart of hay, and that is a bad guy falling in that chase scene in front of the Black Knight oh. uh, about two-thirds of the way through the uh, chase scene. Gotcha. And I, I kind of giggled at that, mm-hmm. but I think I was the only person in the audience at that point that was still actually watching the film. Yeah, so, there was a lot of cell phones. Yeah. Um, and then, so he's pulled out, but he's like, he's convulsing. And oh my God, it's too much. And then all of a sudden we find out that you have to go in willingly. And then uh, the timetable from the evil Templar council like moves up and they need it by like Thursday or some shit. Yeah, I probably will have it by Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday, that's two days that's, from now. That you made it a deadline. <laughs> uh, and then. Uh, Damn you evil council. Oh God, now it's all bleeding together. No, no, no. Okay, so he promised uh, and then she said, uh, See? No, he's got to coerce him, right? Don't we move into the coercion? Oh, yeah, because it turns out that his father, who he hates for murdering his mother. Now played by Brendan Gleeson. Mm, yes. Uh, turns out he's a, he's an absurdo. He's yeah. there. Crazy, and, right? And they give him- What a crazy world. And, uh, yeah, and uh, what's his name? Rickon gives uh, gives Callan uh, the original blade that he used to kill his mother. That- that that his dad used to kill his yes. father. I'm sorry, you had a dangle, you had a dangling. Pronoun. I did. Yeah. Uh, thank you for catching it. No problem. And the and he's like, you can go kill your dad now because you hate him. And he goes mm-hmm. up and he talks to his dad, and his dad explains that he did kill his mother, but his mother but wanted the flashback. Him to. Yeah, the flashback dude. The flashback something showed else. something else entirely. Uh, before really little Cal walks in. Yeah, before the, the same thing. Uh, just just different things happening. The exact same thing. And then Rashomon. Yeah. And then um, in a moment of unearned character development. Yeah. Uh, Cal. But it's such a movie moment. Like, again, I've seen the scene like a dozen times. Cal doesn't kill his dad and like gives him the necklace instead. <gasps> Crazy. And it turns out that, that, that Cal's dad killed his mom because, and this isn't explained clearly. You had to explain this to me, Red, as we walked out, uh, that it was the mother's bloodline and yeah. memories they were trying to protect from Abstergo. Yeah. Uh, which, oops, that didn't work out because here's Cal. Right. They never explicitly say it. And again, this is where the script really stumbles across uh, upon itself. Like, it could have been a much stronger movie if they just laid out these rules. Yep. They tried doing it in dialogue. Oh, but man, were failed. those costumes historically accurate? Oh, so accurate. Uh, I, I, I say that with no uh, history. You have no idea. No, Historians, no. make sure that. Yeah, write us in. Only movie podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah. So I've been uh, in Spain once. Yeah, I, I, uh, I have too. Oh yeah. Also, the the big Abstergo building yes. right in front of, uh, uh, conveniently seen in front of um, the uh, Atletico uh, Madrid uh, stadium. You're right. Um, like several times, like this huge evil windowless building. Except that we rotated around nine times. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just inconspicuously yeah. next to like one of the largest. Most viewed structures in all of Madrid. Yeah, why not? Clever placement. Science. So then uh, Cal decides he'll go back in willingly because reasons. Um, he's, he, he just doesn't want. Oh, he's going to be his own man. And he's going to kill his dad from the inside out. 
or he's going to be a company man in his own man. I don't. I honestly don't know why Cal went back in. It's willingly. part of this unexpressed un, un character development where he decides that he's going to. Um, Did he disagree with Sophia's sort of thing at that point and wanted to cure violence? No, it was more that he was sticking it to his dad. Like his mother died. He killed his mother. His dad killed his mother. So did he so not kill his dad apple. so he could stick it to his dad? So not, his, not literally metaphorically. Yeah. So he could, so his dad could see him give them the apple. Cause he doesn't care about this. He doesn't have a dog in this fight. He just wants to be killing pimps. Yeah. Okay. That's fair all enough. he cares about. So he goes back in, he but goes back in. Screw with dad. And they have this whole thing where it's the sequence where the Templar are at the Sultan's place and they trade. Oh, you forgot he took off his shirt. Oh, yeah. Fassbender took off his shirt. He took off his GD shirt. And let me tell you something that about means, that. Listen, that means he's willing. He's so willing. And can we just appreciate... He goes full Putin. Appreciate the total sophomoric writing bliss that must have been that writing room or that hotel room or the back of the bus, wherever this guy was writing it. Of like, he's, he's going to get... He's going to take away free will through free will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. And a junior college student's mind explodes. Yeah, like, um, <laughs> like, like, oh my goodness, so much of the WGA must be upset right now. So, I'm sorry. He goes back in, and the Sultan is going to trade his boy for the very well protected Apple of Eden, which turns out just to be in a box and a wall. Yeah, and now they're actually at the Alhambra in Granada. Yeah, which is like this huge castle. But let's let's just show this one stupid. We're going to show this one room, but they did the room really nicely. I have pictures of that room. Yeah, and I let me tell you, I just got in a fight with my wife about the color temperature of that room. How was the color temperature of the room in the movie? It was actually accurate to how my wife photographed it. Weird. Yeah, it's weird. That's why I know she's wrong. By the way, she's so wrong. Anastasia, you're so. Okay. Yep. So the movie, Anastasia. The movie, therefore, also must be wrong because there's no way that both of them could be right and I could be wrong. Yeah, that, that never. But they did the tiles up nicely. They did the columns up nicely. They did the water up nicely. But there's so much more outside. Sure. This is awesome. What so Aguilar and female assassin friend, my future second wife. Yep. Jump in and try to stop this whole thing from going. Facial down. tattoos are just it, hot. Face face tattoos all day. As long as you know, hey, as long as they're they, they represent you. That's what I care about. Or the creed. Yeah, or the creed. Well, die. maybe what if you are the creed? I would die for the creed. Yeah. Wait, wait, creed? Yeah, die for creed. <laughs> <laughs> I want to rethink this. Hold no. on. A crowd to God seeking only his assassin. Um, oh, boy, if that stays in. Yeah, that probably that's will. That's some super honesty right there. So um, here goes. This sequence happens. And we jump into the sewers. Another tight corridor. Yeah, it was all that. So female assassin friend dies. Right. In this weird, like, Mexican standoff. She he, dies for the creed. But he she dies for the creed so stupid. Because, okay, so let me, can I explain this real quick? So Spoilers. So, yeah, no, no. So Aguilar has the Templar leader. Uh, Michael Fassbender has a Templar leader to knife point. And the it's, black, it's a, the black a Templar or something, yeah. Yeah, has, uh, you know, assassin friend by the throat. Yeah. It's supposed to be whatever. The black Michael guy. Fassbender retracts his wrist blade and then... Uh, Black Templar kills assassin Just friend. Just a stabby stabby in the sure. neck. Sure. Now, while this happens, uh, Michael Fassbender still has the Cardinal. Could just do shink at any point. And he snick. doesn't. He just lets him go. And I was like, really? You're okay. okay, so you didn't see the eye thing. Did the contact start itching on no, him? No, 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 no. There was, there was a moment where his faith in the creed failed him. And it wasn't just about Are you about fucking the creed. kidding me? Did you not see that? No. Oh. 
You're making shit up. No, man. It's all about. She's like all about the creed. He's like, yes, the creed. Remember, they're tied up but and they do the that creed, like, head nod thing. Wouldn't the creed he say to her, murder man. the cardinal? But that's what I'm saying, man. She, he dropped the creed no. for a minute because no. he, was, he got personal. He let no. it get personal. No. That's what happened. No. That's what happened. No. Officer. Let me tell you. Anyway, let me tell you. Officer. So officer. Cardinal officer. gets away. Cardinal gets away and he goes into the fucking sewers. I'm not even having this conversation with you. Oh, oh, oh. And then uh, sewers, they don't exist because they're all fucking fancy sewers. Yeah, right. That was the only time, historically inaccurate thing we caught was yeah. the fucking well, sewers. Okay, I mean, just like if there were if they were if there were catacomb things like that, they'd be like brand new. They wouldn't be all like shitty like that. Yeah, shitty sewers. Yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, he steals the apple, but he doesn't steal the apple. How does the apple end up? He took the apple out of the dude's hand, out of the uh, cardinal or bishop's yep. hand, right? Mm-hmm. Who was introduced in that painting, by the way, when we met all the big yep. wigs? Yeah, you yeah. know, like very nice. Like, oh, that was clever. That was. Clever might be giving it too much, but uh, no. so he took it out of his hand. You saw him pocket it. Yeah, but then how does the bad guy? How does the Templar get it back again? How does the bad guy? Templars get the apple. Oh no, they don't because we figured out. So then you just like yeah, I you know. I'm ahead. sorry. Well, we're, we're, you, ju- you left Act. We're going two long, and so I have to. to oh, I have to. I have to jump from Act Two to Act Four. I'll talk faster. Actually, that was three. So yeah. then, um, <laughs> God, this thing's so fucking convoluted. Uh, they find out through these memories that not only did did uh, he have the apple and where he put it, he mm-hmm. gave it to none other than Christopher goddamn Columbus. Christopher Columbus! Just hanging out on his boat. And, wow, what a great guy. And then they're like, where's he buried? Where is he buried? Why does anybody who's in Spain, Madrid, because they're in Madrid, have to ask where Christopher Columbus is buried? Yeah. I don't know. So they go and also, they go to Columbus's crypt. How did Columbus still have it after Columbus was arrested twice, both in the New World and in Spain? Because... Because Aguilar asked him to keep it with him and be buried with it. So, like, he just kept it like a soap on a rope around his neck the entire time? It was time? covered in, like, a weird soapy stuff when they... Actually, it was! Yeah. <gasps> yeah. We just solved the mystery. I know. History's mysteries. Oh, so, um... God. So, uh, Abstergo in present day knows where to get the, the apple. They get it. Then they go have their... Oh, 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 God. There's so much fucking go. Let's just speed through this shit and get okay, over it yeah, to get the abs- final thoughts. Absolutely. Uh, while they, before they, before they break away, uh, uh, Fassbender as his last act in the, uh, Artemis, uh, does a leap of faith that Sophia actually calls out and says leap of faith for no reason with, which somehow breaks the arm, but keeps him in the memory. And then all of his ancestors are around and it's not a memory. They're like talking to him. And there's the civil war guy again, civil war guy. And also his dad, his mom, and someone who looks exactly like, uh, Marion Cotillard. Yeah. Uh, which is fucking nuts. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and then they get away. So, uh, Sophia, uh, Riken, and their security guard get away and they go get the apple. Then they have their Templar meeting after the- In the big secret Templar hall. Which is right in the middle of London. Nice. Meanwhile, they said to scrub the 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 facility where they were keeping all these assassins, but the assassins have all broken out and like left. So fuck everything. I'm, I'm pretty sure the assassins are actually just killing all of the security at this point. Yeah. So then they go to their big secret meeting. They have a big whole thing. Riken, uh, he has the apple and it starts like opening up like this green sort of like light from it as he's telling I a speech. I feel like it's going to be the beginning of like a Steve Jobs presentation. Again, this brings up a huge problem I have with this whole fucking plan. Like this thing has a genetic code to not only like Madden. fix violence, but then there's like free will. So, okay, say yeah. for the sake of argument. Science. That this, no, that, that this fucking piece of metal has this information involved in it. It's it, it, somehow etched in its sides. 
How do you do that to humanity? What's that? We've been talking about science so hard. Okay. All right. Are you ready for me to drop the yeah. S-bomb? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Serums. Put serums in the water supply. It'd be like a huge uh, um, Tagusky uh, experiment or uh, or the uh, San Francisco experiments of the 40s. But so far, but so far this movie has only set up the precedent that you can only adjust genetic code or at least even read genetic code. Not even adjust it. Just fucking read it when hooked up to a multi-billion dollar, three yeah, billion dollar just, a year computer just, system and a fucking goddamn happy-go-lucky crane arm machine that could even just regenerate code. So now we're talking about rewriting okay. it. All right. Sorry. I apologize. Secondary explanation. Science? Great. So then the assassins, after the movie goes to painstaking lengths to show the security of this Templar meeting has, like, tons of security, they just get weapons just in anyway. Like a, a normal, like, public high school to me, but okay. And then uh, they come in, they steal the apple away, they kill the, There's that moment kill that he Riken. shares before going in and killing uh, Riken. Yeah, where there's the whole Sophia thing, like, I could scream, which, I could Which was, you. I yeah. had to look it up, a total callback to, to, to Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones 3. And yeah, and then uh, Last Crusade. Uh, the assassins get away and stand in a building. Right. And of course, you have, uh, it's uh, Lynn, and I don't remember, what was his name again? His Oh, his character's name was uh, uh, Musa. Lynn and Musa, and I guess those are both nods to either uh, franchises that are coming. Yeah, or where were they? Have, have what were happened? the nods? You know, I think Lynn is a callback to the uh, really popular Chronicles, Chronicles China. China. Side-scrolling adventure. Yep. I can't figure out who this is actually a callback to. Yeah, Bartholomew, I don't know. Bartholomew, I think is what they maybe in called four? his whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's anyway, and future. that's yeah, that's Assassin's Creed, guys. Um, it's confusing and weird, and looks like vomit. Even though it looks like a really pretty painting that got vomited on. Oh, it does look like an old painting. Yeah, that got vomited on. Which maybe that's kind of what they were going. I keep saying vomit. That might be the wrong thing. It just it looks like an old painting. But like not in a nice way. Fastbender's fine. Still has great eyes. He does, no matter what context you put him in. Yeah. Um, it just felt it felt to me like that that this movie wanted to have a soul, but then couldn't be bothered with it. <laughs> like, does that make sense? It, it seems like they get caught up in the granular and forgot the the, the larger. They forgot to make it an like an enjoyable experience and wanted to really hit home that this is Assassin's Creed. Yeah, they solved a lot of great problems. They've solved a lot of problems, but they when in doing it, they they forgot to to tie it together. If you're gonna if you're gonna get super sciencey and like solve your own plot holes, you have to solve them all. You can't just solve 50% of them. If you don't solve any of them, for instance with this genetic code nonsense, then you can kind of get away with more. And this movie solved sort of half of its fucking weird science plot holes and then ignored the other ones. So it's proving that it, things in this universe are solved and logical and then just saying, ah, no, fuck it. We don't want to deal with the rest of this shit. Uh, it was, it was, um, I can't say I enjoyed my time. It felt too long, but it it's, it's a really interesting example of while a, a video game adaptation film doing a lot of things right still is bad. Mm. And it's not this this is the interesting part about this. It's not bad because they adapted it from a video game. No. It's bad because it's a bad movie and they and the, the things that are good about it I think they for as far as a video game adaptations to film go it's 
it does it sort of correctly. It doesn't give you too much fucking fan service. I mean, yeah, there's one or two moments of like the leap of the leap of faith and like that whole fucking bullshit. But like when you take a game that's all about sort of either stealth or like crazy sort of movement and you put that on screen like yeah you're not having the interactive aspect of it but it's not it it just feels like they they got the video game adaptation part right what they got wrong still is just making a good fucking script yeah i think it was scripting was that was that your final thought that was my final thought wow. just oh if you're if you're interested in sort of the evolution of video games into cinema or just sort of like a film that that can do so many small things right but still really be bad, I would say go see it. Otherwise, if you're not into sort of critiquing it on this level, then stay the fuck away. Red, finish it up. Well, um, I wouldn't take my grandmother to see it, which is good because she's passed. I wouldn't take, that would be awkward. I wouldn't take my parents to see it. I wouldn't take a, a girlfriend. I wouldn't take a wife. I wouldn't take a mistress. But I'd probably take my brother. Okay. I think I think my brother and I would enjoy watching it and complaining about it afterwards. I mean, that's the other thing, too. You could watch it and just complain about it. You know, you watch it and go, <laughs> oh, yeah. my God, we just did that. But you're right. It's a, oh, oh my yeah. God, yeah. mind blood. Meta, meta, meta. No, but this is, it's a scripting problem. I think, I think we hit the nail on the head. And I think, sadly, she here will probably agree is that um, it just could not hold up under the weight of a sloppy script. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Oh boy! Well, Shahir, you dodged a bullet, buddy. I'm glad that you don't have to see this, but actually, you might. No, he still has to. Oh, he does for the panel at Magfest. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, this has been the only podcast about the film Assassin's Creed. Uh, Red, thank you so much for uh, for coming in and and helping out today. I really appreciate it. A genuine pleasure. Thank you for having. Uh, If when you aren't um, taking your grandmother's memories through DNA sequencing and a giant crane machine arm to review a film with her about the entire process that I just laid out. Where can folks find you? Generally speaking, it's very difficult to find me because, you know, I'm, uh, I work very quietly. But if you need to find me, I'm, at, uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Crankshaft59. Uh, nice. Where you can find me. There we go. You can find me at Emperor MSK on Twitter or Skeletal Number Four PREZ on Instagram or on Facebook, Only Movie Podcast uh, on Facebook or uh, OnlyMoviePodcast.com or Only Movie Pod on Twitter. There's a whole bunch of spots. It's just so easily accessible. I'm just so, you, you can really literally find me anywhere. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.